Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 734. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. Well, on the show today, I thought we'd talk about all that volatility yesterday because the stock market dropped about 6% in a day and caught a lot of people by surprise. Not that I knew it was coming, but it doesn't surprise me that right now we are going to be experiencing some more volatility. And by that, I mean, I think in the next couple of weeks, we're gonna see volatility pick up again. I don't think we're going to have terrible volatility in the sense that we'll see new lows, but I do think we will have some broad market movements up and some movements sharply lower. So as we saw, the Dow was down 1,863 points yesterday, the S&P was down 188 points, and the NASDAQ was down 527 points. And if you listen to my podcast that was called Sell in May? I mentioned on that podcast, we might see a 2,000 point move down in the stock market and We did get that 1,863 point move down in the Dow yesterday. The Dow was down 6.9%. The S&P and the NASDAQ were down 5.27%. And it was the largest one day decline since March. I had just done that podcast about the fear of missing out and all of the FOMO that is happening in the market. There's a lot of speculative action going on right now. And we see that with some of the smaller trades that are happening, as well as the trades that are under $1. According to CNBC, Citadel Securities said the sub $1 stocks in the Russell 2000 are up 79% on average in just five trading days. So stocks that are selling below a dollar on the Russell 2000 index have been up 79% on average in just five trading days. Now that is what you call a speculative market, not only because the size of the move up, but also because they happen to be the very lowest price, what we call penny stocks. So that tells me there's a lot of frothiness out there. There's a lot of speculation out there. There's some melt up in the market happening. And those are the times that we can also have the meltdowns. We also look at an indicator like the put call ratio, which tends to be an inverse indicator. That means everybody's buying puts, expecting the market's going to go down. And when they all are doing that, the market usually goes up a lot. And when everybody goes and buys calls, thinking that the market's going to go up, well, the market turns and goes down. And that happens over and over and over. That is a cycle unto itself. So what we've seen is that the cycle for calls was at a peak. In other words, everybody was on one side of the boat again, 
betting that the market was just going to continue to go up and up and up without any kind of a rest or break or stop or correction. And what did we see? A 6% drop in one day. And like I said, I don't think it's over. I think the next two weeks, we're going to see a lot of volatility and we could have another 2000 point drop day. So this is just a normal part of investing, the volatility. It's not anything that anyone enjoys, but it is a part of investing. And like I've said before, this is the reason that we can invest long-term and earn 10% over the long-term because of volatility. Because you have to stay in, you have to stay invested in order to get through to the other side. Very few people can trade through it really successfully. That's very, very difficult. But as a long-term investor, if you can hold through some times like this, that can be very profitable for you. So at this time, that's the best strategy, in my opinion, is just to hold through this volatility because I do believe we will see new all-time highs and not that far away. Now, one thing I just talked about on an Instagram live that I did that I want to share with you is I want to talk about the fangs because the fangs are a handful of stocks that have gotten a lot of value attributed to just five companies. In fact, five stocks make up 22% of the S&P 500. And that is Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook. Those five companies make up 22% of the value of the S&P 500. I've talked about this before, but I really want to point out the overvalued nature of these companies because this is not the first time in history this has happened. 20 years ago, we had a similar situation. We had... Microsoft, Intel, Nokia, and Cisco Systems have all the money piled into them. And it was very concentrated into just those four companies. They were called the four horsemen of the internet. In 1999, they peaked in 2000. Now you might notice that Microsoft was in the four horsemen of the internet in 2000 and it's in the top five stocks that make up the S&P 500. So you might think, well, gosh, I should just own Microsoft that whole time. I should just hold it and never sell it. Well, let me explain something. When Microsoft peaked and the four horsemen of the internet peaked in value in the year 2000, Microsoft did not see that price again for 10 years. In other words, it did not exceed its price from the year 2000 for 10 years. So companies can get very overvalued. They can get a lot of money concentrated in them. And then in the future, they can underperform. Now, Microsoft has come back now 20 years later and is doing well again. But I'm just saying, if you tried to hold on during that 20 year period, you would have had half of that time be dead money. Now, the concern that I have is that these five stocks that make up the S&P 500 are just 1% of the number of stocks. So the S&P 500, of course, is made up of 500 of the largest companies in the US. But five or 1% make up 22% of the value. 
and that's bigger than 23 of the developing world's stock markets put together. So in other words, you could own these five stocks or you could own 23 of the entire stock market of 23 developing world countries. That says a lot. And that's why the concentration of these stocks is very concerning to me because they're not just in the S&P 500. We also find some in NASDAQ. We find them in ETFs, such as the stay-at-home ETFs that I just talked about a few days ago. We find some of them in there. We find them in different specialty ETFs. And people also own one or more of these stocks individually in their portfolio. So the amount of concentration that you have to just a handful of these companies is something that many people aren't really paying attention to. And so I think that's important that we talk about it, that I call it to your attention, and that we just realize that there have been times in the past where money concentrates into a small group of companies, but that tends to not last forever. And I happen to think that maybe later this year, maybe before the end of this year, the money in those companies might rotate out into something that is the next cycle. And that might be something like healthcare. I do happen to think the next cycle after technology and internet stocks is going to be healthcare. Things like biotech and holistic health and healthcare. These things are what I think are going to be the next big cycle to invest in. And that's where I'm going to be directing my clients in the VIP experience. I also think that the volatility that started yesterday is going to continue. I don't think we've seen the end of it. And I do think that it is a warm up to some volatility on the upside and the downside that we're going to see in June. I think June is going to have a lot of volatility, both up and down. So what caused the big move down yesterday? Well, there were a couple of things. One was a report that 2 million cases of COVID exist in the world. That's not 2 million deaths, it's 2 million instances of COVID. So that number was shocking and it created a lot of turmoil in the markets. But I really think there was something else happening that wasn't being discussed. It is something I tweeted about. And it was that China talked about selling some of our bonds. That's right. I didn't really hear it on the news, but I did see the article and I did retweet it on my Twitter account, which by the way, if you want to follow me, I would love to have you there at Linda P. Jones. And the article was an RT article and it said, China dumps US debt fears dollar plunge. So you see, that was going on behind the scenes. And what happens with the dollar and interest rates impacts the stock market greatly. And so if China was dumping our debt or even just threatening to dump our debt, that in and of itself can affect interest rates and the dollar. And it looks like we did have a 0.81% reversal in the trend yesterday. The dollar had been losing value for about oh, 10 sessions maybe, and had a sharp reversal yesterday, which may be the start of a rising dollar again, which is what contributed to the sell-off that we had in March. If you look on the chart of the dollar, you'll see March 9th 
was the bottom of the dollar. And after that, we had a sharp rise in the dollar that went from around 95 cents up to about a dollar four. So that was a big swing in prices and that was coinciding with the stock market declining. And the dollar peaked right on March 23rd or about March 22nd, right about when the stock market bottomed. So you see, there is a relationship between what's going on in the dollar and what's going on in the stock markets. And that's part of the reason that I say what's really going on behind the scenes this year that many people aren't connecting or aren't talking about is the fact that this is really about debt and currency. And by currency, of course, that would be the US dollar in the case of the United States. But we also have issues going on with the Euro, the Yuan and the Hong Kong peg perhaps. And these are things that are going to be working themselves out over the balance of this year perhaps. So could this be the start of another strong dollar trend, a reversal? Well, it might be, and that would bring more volatility into the markets in June. So just beware, you heard it here. I am predicting in the next couple of weeks, we are gonna have more volatility on the upside and the downside. One thing I would really love to start doing is to acknowledge our international audience. Because as I say in every introduction of every podcast, this is about the world and it is a worldwide intended podcast. I know I do concentrate a lot on the US and I hope that doesn't frustrate you if you're outside of the US, but I do really appreciate our international listeners. And I want to acknowledge that we've had some listeners in the United Kingdom recently. We've had more listeners in Austria, which put us in the top 55 in Austria. We've had listeners from Chile, number 67 on the charts in Chile, business and investing. And in Portugal, we're number 68 on the charts for business and investing. And we're even showing up in the top 100 in Malaysia. So thank you for listening. I wanna start acknowledging our international listeners and audience. And many of the things I talk about are classic financial topics and tips that do apply to you. Some of them apply to you also because you might be investing in the US. And so I hope when I'm talking about US markets, you find value in that as well. So I just wanna thank all of our international listeners and say, I'm grateful for you and I welcome more of you in and I'm going to be acknowledging your presence as I get reports of our podcasts becoming more popular in your countries. And while I'm saying thank you, thank you to all of our listeners in the United States. Thank you to new listeners, existing listeners, listeners that have been around from the beginning. I'm just feeling really grateful for all of you today and I just thought it would be a good time to tell you. All right, with that, I'll say everyone have a great weekend, stay healthy, and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.